Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. And we are live here on the MMA Industry Podcast, August 9th edition. I am your host, as always, James Lynch. And today I have a very special guest. I'm keeping the theme, I think, these last couple of weeks. I got another member of the MMA fighting team. Of course, I'm talking about a, a writer and uh, someone you'll also find on Yahoo Sports as well. He does some column, uh, columns over there. Of course, I'm talking about Dave Doyle here on the program. Dave, how are you? Doing good, man. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. No problem. It's uh, good to talk to you. I've uh, you know followed your work for a long time, and uh, it's good to get a chance to uh, hear about the, you know the backstory and how you got into everything. But uh, uh, first off, uh, you know uh, I, I know you're a big hockey fan. I, I kind of wanted to start there. Where did the interest in hockey come from? Because uh, you know I have to ask this as a Canadian. I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts, man. And oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm in my 40s, and when I was like a real little kid. It was already past Bobby O's era, but just the mania was still there in Boston, you know. So I grew up with all those, like, uh, you know, Cam Neely, Ray Bork, um, Andy Moog, those guys, those guys that if they had not run into the juggernaut that was the Edmonton Oilers probably yeah. would have won the Stanley Cup. Really good hockey teams. And then just stuck with the – you know, I mean, it's it, you grow up with the Bruins, you stick with them your whole life, you know. So uh, – yeah. That's pretty much the, uh, the 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 extent of it. But you know, at the same time, um, hockey's pretty good out in California these days, man. The Kings won yeah. two cups. The Ducks won one. The 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 Sharks are right up there. I don't know what the hell happened with Vegas last year, but you know, it always used to be a joke like, oh, hockey in California. But um, now it's it's thriving out here as well. Yeah, no, that's uh, great. And uh, we'll talk, obviously, about uh, you going all the way from Boston to California, which I think is uh, very cool. But uh, where did where did the, the love of sports begin? Like, how early are we talking about here of you, uh, you know, coming into contact with sports? When did it get on your radar? Oh, just, you know, like my earliest childhood. You don't grow up in Boston and not be into <laughs> the Red Sox. And again, my, my childhood was Larry Bird, Celtics, you know. So uh, you went to Hoops, you were into the Bruins, you were – you lived and died with the Red Sox, uh, mostly died back then. Um, 
Uh, and for me, I just remember like, you know, I'd be playing like little league baseball or whatever. And at the same time at, I remember being seven years old and the Boston globe at the time had Peter Gammons, Will McDonough, Bob Ryan, just like this absolute, like if you look at newspapers today compared to back then, it's just this like 1927 Yankees lineup in terms of uh, people in the sports, sports writing business. So, you know, I was a quiet kid who liked to read and, it all just kind of all just kind of fell into place. I remember my um, the first time my uh, my name ever appeared in print was actually in a wrestling magazine. I was okay. a wrestling fan as a kid, right? And there was yeah. a uh, there was a magazine called Sports Review Wrestling that was made by the people that did uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and they had a thing every year where every month where you could submit a question, and it was like almost like a roundtable question type things. So I'm like 13, 14 years old, and I pick up Sports Review Wrestling one day, and I had sent in a question, should they use instant replay in <laughs> wrestling like they do football, right? Because football yeah. is it's a good question for the first time. And I've got this big two-page spread where, like, Ric Flair and Barry Windham and Randy Savage and all these people are answering my question. I was like, wow, this is intoxicating, you know? So, yeah, there were always, it, throughout my childhood, always these little hints that this was the direction I was going to go in. So how old were you when this got printed? 14-ish, 13 okay. years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then from there, I just, uh, it became like a semi-regular. I'd write like letters to the editor or do match reports when, uh, like if I went to the wrestling at Boston Garden. And, um, you know, in terms of formal writing, that didn't start until college. So there's a little gap in between there. But it was definitely from an early age, both sports and just, you know, being a quiet kid who liked to read and liked to write was, was always there. Okay, we'll, we'll get into the schooling in a sec, but uh, you, you piqued my interest there with the wrestling. Uh, who are some of your favorite wrestlers growing up? Because uh, you know, I uh, you know, I, I it's always different for everyone. No, we could talk about this all day. I was, uh, you know, I'm just old enough that when I very first started watching as a kid, Vince McMahon Senior was still the one running the ship. So I remember like Bob Backlund and Don Morocco and uh, you know Andre and Jimmy Snooker was huge back then. And we also, um, it, again, this is like the days where you're still just watching like UHF TV, we got world-class wrestling from Texas on TV in Boston. And um, all of a sudden everyone in Boston is like, you know, we're running around like the neighborhood, like trying to put the iron claw on each other. And like, I'm the, I'm the Von Eriks, I'm the Freebirds, like that type of thing. Um, So those were like another big one. And then I just, the same progression that every wrestling fan had back in the day, like, Wrestling gets on cable. You're reading the magazines as a kid. You start reading the Wrestling Observer. Like sometime when you're in college, you start like, you know, we, my buddies and I would drive seven hours to Philadelphia to go to the ECW arena, like that type of thing. So I think I had the same kind of lifelong progression as any other uh, wrestling fan my age did. So we talked all about the childhood and everything, teenage years and all that. Uh, School, where where did you end up going and, and what were you taking in school? Um, I, you know, I started at UMass Amherst. I actually, little trivia note, my freshman year, uh, Marcus Camby was in one of my science classes. Okay. Maybe twice all semester, I think. Um, but so I spent a year at UMass Amherst. I totally screwed around basically. And that was my one year at UMass Amherst and ended up going to, uh, UMass, UMass's Boston campus instead. And then that ended up turning out, it's interesting because I, Never once. I never even took like journalism 101. Uh, my okay. degree is in sociology. 
I started writing for the school newspaper just to have something to do on campus, basically. And I like to write. And then even though we didn't have a journalism program, the Boston Globe is right down the street from UMass Boston. And um, they had an internship program there. And um, I just got accepted to their program. And next thing I know, I'm like, 23 years old and writing for the Boston Globe. And that meant more on my resume than, you know, did I take journalism? Did I have sociology? I actually like could walk, go to a potential employer with real world experience in my hands. So that's how that kind of all panned out. That's very cool. I, the school of hard knocks. I like hearing stories like that, where you kind of just, uh, you know, find other ways to sort of get to where you need to get to. Do you remember the first story you ever had to do for, for the Boston Globe? Yeah, it was a track meet. It was just a high school, uh, you know, it was the, I don't know, the, the this regional Eastern Mass track finals or something. And at the, on that particular day, it seemed like the most important sporting event in the world to me. And I remember just getting an early edition of the paper, like, whoa, my name's in the Boston Globe. Like, like couldn't sleep that night, you know? Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden those track meets blur together pretty quickly. But that first one, yeah. That's great. And did you have any mentors along the way? You know, I asked Chuck Mendenhall about this last week and uh, he just said he sort of just modeled himself after how other people wrote. Did you have the same thing or did you actually have someone that was looking over your work? Yeah, you you know what? Um, This isn't a guy who's well known nationally, but Mm -hmm. um, there's the high school sports editor at the Boston Globe for years and years and years was a dude named Bob Holmes. And he was the um, he was the high school sports editor at the Boston Herald before me. Uh, before that. And when Bob retired last year, like the, the number of people who got their starts because of this guy's help and his generosity, Bill Simmons name checks him on a regular basis. Bill Simmons started at the Boston Herald. Uh, Michael Felger, he's a big uh, kind of sports radio name of Boston, started under Bob. I did. Uh, Chris Mannix from Yahoo. Uh, Andy Nesbitt. I can go just on and on here. Like, like there are, there's a whole generation of sports writers who grew up in Boston, who got their start because this guy, Bob Holmes, said, hey, here, go go cover a high school football game. Let's see how you do with it. So he, he was a big one. That's great. Uh, when did MMA get on your radar? Because I know pro wrestling is a big part of it. A lot of pro wrestling fans, like I grew up a pro wrestling fan, and then I got into MMA after. Is, is that yep. what happened with you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know what? So like I referenced a little bit earlier, um, I was um, I was um, a subscriber to the Wrestling Observer, right? And mm-hmm. look – Dave Meltzer's the godfather of this man. Dave Meltzer, Dave Meltzer basically invented legitimate wrestling reporting. And he also was the first one. Like I kind of vaguely remember the ads for the first UFC. I don't, I didn't actually watch it. And then the observer comes in the mail the next Saturday. Like you would back then in in the days before the internet, you would be like a crack addict waiting for the mailman. Oh, I know. I remember. Ever to get there. Right. Yeah. So I get it on Saturday and uh, just the first like two pages are about this UFC thing. And I'm like, this is a wrestling. What's this? But, um, you know, I ended up reading it and being interested and UFC two came. And I read about it again. All right. This sound kind of, this sounds kind of interesting. And by UFC three, I'm like, you know, my buddy, I'm just like, Hey, let's get this. Let's see what it's all about. And we were hooked and I ended up watching pretty much all of them until the UFC got booted off a of cable basically, or, you know, booted off the pay-per-view, yeah. uh, Stuff And then from there, there were a couple of years where it was kind of sort of like, you know, 
every once in a while I get like a tape with like pride fights or, or with UFC, but I wasn't keeping up with it nearly as much as, as I was during the first kind of era in the 1990s. And then as soon as they got back on a uh, pay-per-view, my, my buddy and I, I used to watch fights with like, excuse me, just picked up right where we left off basically. Okay. So that, that's interesting. Now, um, as far as, uh, you know, the writing and everything like that, like you mentioned, starting off at the Globe, uh, were you working another job on top of that? Or was that your full-time job? Like, how did you make ends meet? I was like hearing stories. Oh, like I would, you know, I was, I've, I, you know, knock on wood, I've been gainfully employed, you know, since, um, since college. In college, it was nuts because there was one period, uh, I know I'm going to sound like in my day, but. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. That's good. There was one period where I was doing a full course load, um, a couple nights a week at the Globe, like covering games on the weekend and also delivering pizza a couple nights a week. And I don't I don't know how I even like slept, you mm-hmm. know, but I mean, I've been just again, I, I got my foot in the door. My first job was actually with um, it was called Sportsline back then at CBS Sports dot com. Now that was out in the Seattle area. Um, I was went from there to a full time staff gig at the Globe. I was there for five years. Um wouldn't do this in this day and age, but I actually, I don't want to say walked out on, on the globe as in like, you know, I didn't, I wasn't like, I quit in a hub. It wasn't like Jerry Maguire or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I would just, it was like, all right, I'm about to turn 30, like no disrespect to anyone, but I'm, I'm still covering high school sports. Like, yeah. do I want to wait for one of these guys to retire or die exactly. or yeah. to maybe get a chance at that Red Sox beat? And it wasn't how I did just like, no, I, I've, got like a life to live you know so i gave them my notice moved back to seattle the only thing i was actually doing at the time was um uh just some part-time editing for a company called sports exchange which is a small wire service and then from there um uh so andy nesbitt you might know him from some yep. of the stuff he's done on uh with bellator now right like yeah. 20 years he was with fox sports in la and he was just like hey we have a desk job and uh I think they knew what they were doing. It was it was a uh, it was like November, and the, the the Seattle gloom had just set in for the winter. And they like took me out to like a bar on the beach, and it was like eighty degrees. I'm like, eh, maybe I can give LA a chance. And um, you know, it was just I was just working. This is we're up to 2005 now. I was just working like a desk job at um, you know, I was like the late night desk guy, and then the MMA thing kind of took off from there. Okay, interesting. So um, as, as far as all that goes, so th- this is at Fox, just to clarify, right? Foxsports.com, yeah. Okay, gotcha. So when did Yahoo come in? Because I know you've been at Yahoo. Okay, Yahoo is the year after that. And this is, you know what, let me tell you this story because I am, um, when people today, like kids who are coming up, ask me like, you know, how do I break in? Right. I have trouble telling them this because <laughs> like the way I got in, like it can't be replicated today because I happen to be, it's, Someone had to be the first one at a major website to be like, hey, this MMA stuff over here, people are clicking on this. Why don't you write about it? Like the the impetus was the Couture Liddell three match at UFC 57, right? Which was um, the the first ultimate fighter coaches fight. It was a big deal. It was um, the buy rate wouldn't be considered great by today. I think it did like 300,000 buys, but that was like three times as much as the previous big show. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, it was the first show I had missed in a while because I had to work the desk that night and I'm just looking and I'm looking like the AP wire and it's like, here's a crappy little boxing fight that no one cares about. Why is the AP running that? 
no results for the uh, cultural adult fight. So I just started hounding my, my uh, managing editor, this guy, uh, Tom Seeley, who works for a Hollywood reporter now, just dude, like this is huge. Just give me a chance. Just let me write one story about this. If, if it tanks, I'll never bug you again. And eventually just, he was just like, all right, just do it, write it, stop bugging me like that type of thing. Right. So I ended up, um, I got, super lucky jay glazer who loves mma has fought mma like he had been banging on the door at fox sports trying to get them to do something on mma and when he found out that uh i was doing the story like um it, he didn't know me from adam right and yeah. he hooked me up with chuck liddell he hooked me up with uh forrest griffin frank trigg a bunch of people i didn't know so like that helped and my feature ran and turns out it ran in like march and it was like the biggest clicking story on the site since the Super Bowl. And now my boss is like, oh, huh, well, this is interesting. And then after that, it was just, you know, making it sometimes is just like being in the right place at the right time and capitalizing on it. So it's not like they were about to make me a full-time MMA reporter. But then, so UFC 58, um, I was credential for that, for the piece that I wrote for Fox. UFC 59 just happened to be the first UFC fight ever in California. It was Anaheim. It was uh, the first Tito Ortiz Forrest Griffin fight. So I went to that and wrote another story and it clicked big again. And then, oh, UFC 60 is at Staples Center. Matt Hughes, Hoist Gracie. And that at the time was the biggest drawing fight in UFC history. So again, I'm back now just one after another and I'm starting to build an odd, like here I am just a casual fan who watches the shows and reads about the results on the observer. And now because I'm the only person who's doing this, everyone's like, Oh, he must be an expert at this. I'm like, man, I gotta kind of run with this. Um, so again, Fox was happy to just have me be the desk guy and then write about UFC occasionally forever. And, um, um, but they would like, because this audience is building now, UFC 60, what are we up to? 61 was in Vegas. They sent me to Vegas. 62 is in Vegas. 63 is back in Anaheim. And somewhere along the way, this is something like if you tried to pull, if you or I tried to pull this at a major website these days, you'd be fired on the spot. But yeah. it was still kind of the Wild West in 2005. One night, I'm starting to realize, okay, people, I'm, fans are reaching out to me. There's obviously an audience here. I'm alone. I'm the last guy on the desk. I'm like... I was going to start writing a weekly, a weekly column, right? A weekly MMA column. And I wrote it on the spot and put it on the front page of the site. And again, if, if a desk editor went rogue <laughs> like that today, they would like be gone so fast their head would be spinning. But things were a little loose at Fox back then. And then the story clicked again. And my boss was just like, yeah, go, all right, go ahead, do it. Have a blast. Wow. <laughs> so that was like another step because now all of a sudden, like, I'm, hey, every week, you know, got this thing. And they was so it was around this time that um that Yahoo was starting to build out like the first um you know they they were the first major site that so Fox, what I was doing for Fox was like the first regular coverage for MMA on any major sports website. And then Yahoo was the first one to go all in. And uh, you know, so they hired Kevin Ioli to do MMA unboxing. Um, they had, uh, Eric Winter, who was the guy who ended up running fight pass for a while was the right. kind of mastermind behind it. Um, excuse me. They, um, MMA junkie, MMA weekly, and originally fight network were signed up as kind of content partners. So they needed an editor and, um, you know, I, uh, kind of sort of knew Dan Wetzel oh, already. 
as a, um, you know, as a, uh, just kind of a colleague and he put in a word for me and, you know, all within us. Can you, did we freeze up there for a second? We, we did, but we got you back, man. We're all good. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, no. Um, so they were, I, I don't know where we got cut off, but they were building out the site and uh, I just got a call. And again, this was all like in the span of a year, maybe like, like it, it just all kind of took off like a rocket. That's, that's great. And, uh, and, and you, you mentioned obviously, you know, uh, getting, um, you know, uh, going, yeah. like what was it like in the early days when you started there? crazy it was really just kind of the wild west you know um i mean we had a like like just it seemed like an unlimited budget basically like they really like that they just this was their opportunity to to kind of make their name and they were going to go for it we tried all types of um you know we did one of the very first streams of a major event when strike force did their first show at the uh, playboy mansion. I remember that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We streamed that for Yahoo. Um, I think Gilbert Melendez was in the main event on that card. So, you know, we try stuff, maybe some things work, maybe some things didn't. Um, we brought aboard Dave Meltzer, um, you know, brought the man himself on board to kind of flesh out our uh, MMA coverage further. We, blogs start becoming popular and we brought Steve Cofield on and he was, uh, he was awesome. I know I deliberately kind of was hands off with Steve because he would every once in a while do something that would get us in a little trouble. But I always <laughs> figured, you know what? People are talking and uh, I, I can deal with the occasional headaches since he, since he kind of stirs the pot and gets things going. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. I mean, just so to give you an example, how things were in 2007, like um, I basically, they flew us out to an elite XC show in Honolulu. It was uh ruthless Robbie Lawler against Ninja Hua was the main event. And um, look, I did it for no better reason than I wonder if they'd actually send me to Hawaii, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and you know, obviously once, once they did that, I did my job, did it well, but it was just how much. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. What can I get away with here? And uh, so it was like that. It was really for a couple of years. There was no like, you know, oh, you want to go here? You want to go cover the WEC in Corpus Christi, Texas? Sure. Go ahead. Do it. You want to, um, you know, you want to send Kevin to the show in uh, Abu Dhabi or Australia? Sure. Go for it. So it was, um, it was like that for a few. It was a few years of just uh, sustained seemingly like 
endless growth, you know? So it was a really kind of, everyone has a period of a few years in, the, in their career that just kind of shines above everything else. And uh, that was a pretty memorable one. So when does MMA fighting come onto your radar? And uh, I know you're still with Yahoo. So was that sort of a negotiation to try and stay on with them? Because obviously that's a great outlet to uh, to be with. Uh, so, um, all right, things um, things kind of fell apart with Yahoo. Um, and it's something that we've seen. Um, this isn't exclusive to Yahoo. Like you have seen every major website that um, at some point or another builds out like a full staff, right? They've mm-hmm. got, there's always someone behind it who's either an MMA fan or just understands that MMA brings clicks, brings you, brings the type of readers that, you know, that, that uh, advertisers value. So at Yahoo, uh, the people who had put our team together, um, they they all kind of moved on. Like uh, Jimmy Pitaro ran Yahoo Sports. He now runs ESPN. Uh, Eric Winter went on to work for the UFC, so on and so forth. Um, And then, Someone comes in who I have no problem saying this. The guy was a friggin' moron. He has nothing to do with the sports business anymore. And he uh, had no business running a newsroom and has made clear like him and none of his other people are running, uh, working for Yahoo now. But so this, this idiot comes on and doesn't understand what type of uh, an audience MMA is bringing to the company. And all of a sudden, like, Myself, Meltzer, Colfield, like our, our contract, basically everyone except for Kevin, our contracts were all kind of non-renewed. Uh, and that happens everywhere. That happens, you know, like uh, ESPN is building up their coverage again now because, you know, they're ramping up to actually have it as a property. But at one time they had like Josh Gross, uh, Franklin McNeil, um, Chuck Mindenhall worked for them. They had the same thing. And someone comes in and goes, eh, I don't know if we should dedicate resources to this. And I know in my case, Six months after uh, after they whacked everyone at Yahoo, like the same moron who um, who made this decision was going around asking people like, hey, our page views among men 18 through 25 plummeted over the last six months. What's going on here? And, you know, uh, my former like direct boss was like, well, you had a huge MMA team that was like. We had the best team in the business and we were doing great numbers and you decided to get rid of them. So, yeah, good job there, genius. Anyway, right, right. We're, 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 oh, so MMA fighting. Yeah. So the MMA fighting just came up uh, a couple months later. Um, Michael David Smith, I was friends with him. Um, he left to go work full time for a football uh I remember getting a swan football outsider. So he has his football gig. He's you know pretty pretty big deal in his circles in football now. And uh, he had left. I knew I had by this point MMA fighting and MMA junkie had already kind of you know both really established themselves as the uh, the kind of the OGs of uh, MMA specific websites. And I knew Ariel. I knew Ben was on the team at the time. I wasn't like close to Luke, but I was friendly with him. And so you know they just kind of all put in um put in a word for me and a couple months later i found myself with them that's awesome that's awesome you haven't looked back uh, obviously things have gone really well for you there i know one of the things they have you do at fighting which is something that you're probably not used to at, at the other outlets is uh you know you do some on-camera stuff you know you're there for the preview shows and stuff like that was that an adjustment at all i know when i asked chuck about this you know it was something that he was just like oh, i have to do it and then he got comfortable with it was it yeah something yeah that was it look i I was terrible at on-camera stuff at first. I was always comfortable on the radio because I just, to me, that was like no different than I'm on the phone with my buddy just BSing about the Patriots or whatever, you know? So that was always easy for me. Like I 
want to like there's part of me that wants to go into our system and find all the files of like the videos i did in 2012 and 13 and just delete them all from the system uh <laughs> i wasn't very good at first but you know you get your reps in you get comfortable with it um i'm i'm never going to be like tv isn't going to be like my forte but you learn you know if you just have to adapt you have to grow and um i mean i I had a blast. If uh, if you saw our UFC 227, I did. You and Mark were sitting there outside the theater. That was really cool. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And we had uh, Angela kill Angela Hill give uh, Mark a good swift kick to the rib. So I'm comfortable enough to uh, play along with that now, and it wasn't a few years ago. So yeah, that's great. Um, obviously, being in this industry or in you know in media in general, it takes a toll in other areas, uh, especially your social life. How have you navigated through that over the years? Uh, just trying to balance the two because yeah, you know, uh, it, it's tough yeah, sometimes. Um. I am, um, for me, like, so I ended up finding the hours are crazy. Um, you know, you, you got, you got to love what you do, uh, in order to succeed at this for me. So I'm, I'm an avid cyclist. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so for me, what I end up finding, what, what works for me is, um, you know, so got to work every Saturday night. If my day off is Tuesday or Wednesday, well, guess what? There are less people out on the bike path on Tuesday or Wednesday than there are on a Saturday. So I just kind of let it, you know, do my best to let it work for me. Obviously I live in Los Angeles, which is again, where it's a city where if it's Tuesday or Wednesday night and that's your night off, there's still going to be a concert or a show or, you know, your friends are just as likely to be in like the entertainment industry and have just as weird hours as you are. So I don't know if that helps someone who's like sitting in like Kansas who wants to do this for a living. But uh, again, I just kind of adapted my own passions outside of work for it. And yeah, there are still the times where it's like, Saturday night and, and all your friends are out and you're watching a horrible FS1 fight night and you feel like the little kid who's got his face pressed up against the window watching all his friends play, you know, but yeah. hey, again, if you love what you do and you uh, enjoy it, I mean, there's no, is there, is there a perfect job out there? I don't, I don't know if there is. I know one of the things as well, uh, you know, that people really enjoy about you is you're, you're very, uh, you know, open with, uh, you know, just uh, your, your personal life. I mean, that's something that's, uh, you know, that you wrote that great story about, um, you know, obviously uh, your family members passing. And then uh, earlier this year, I think it was this year, uh, might have been last year, they had that roundtable. And I know you were on there and you, you basically uh, came out. I think people who knew you personally knew what was going on there. But I just wanted to know, you know, what was the feedback like after that, uh, being someone who, you know, is in a sport that's, you know, very masculine and kind of has, you know, a lot of uh, stereotypes and things like that. And, and you sort of saying, Hey, you know what, this is who I am. I'm going to put it out here in print. Yeah. I, um, it's an, you know, I was always out in my personal life, right? Like going yeah. back to college, it was, I actually had just to tell a little story here. I remember when I was in college, um, yeah, I went out to a, uh, the gay bar in Boston and someone taps me on the shoulder and I'm, I'm not going to put a name on this, but it was, uh, another, uh, sports media personality in Boston who was like middle-aged and, like we talked for a while, he was like deeply closeted, deeply, um, you know, just, just deeply like a very unhappy person. So I decided like right then and there, um, I'm not going to hide who I am in my personal life. Uh, from there, it, you know, it was one of, like, so I, throughout my life, you know, good relationship with my family, good um, out to all my friends, all that. But I always had this like compartmentalization where it was like, well, what does this have to do with my work career? Blah, blah, blah. And I don't know, something just honestly, 
you know, I don't want to make this like too political, but something changed when when Trump became president. And, and I was like, you know what? Like, I can't I, I've been just kind of taking for granted as, uh, you know, like just like a white dude who can kind of passes more or less straight if I felt like it. Um, you know, like I, I've been taking advantage. I've been taking advantage of that in a way that others have. And it's up to someone specifically in my shoes who's in this you know, really uh, kind of macho conservative business to be like, no, actually we are everywhere, you know? Um, so that was kind of my thought process about like, okay, this is the time to actually do it. Um, so, I mean, it happened and it was like, just instantly like, man, why didn't I do this 20 years ago? Uh, I have not had other than trolls. So, you know, you, you get your occasional troll on Twitter yep. <laughs> and social media and that's just how it is i just i never you know i've never been one to be like oh MMA, you, you go on twitter and people are like oh look at these horrible mma fans i think they're a minority of the fans i really do because i all you gotta do is mute uh you know a fair bit of them and and all of a sudden your timeline looks a whole hell of a lot better than it was so a little bit of that i haven't had any um you know i haven't had any bad look obviously if I maybe there's like a gym out there um, that that maybe I wouldn't be welcoming. I don't know. But again, kind of comes down to like being in California where everyone just kind of does their thing and, you know, just kind of respects you for who you are. And I think in my case, I had already been around for 12 years, you know. So like, uh, you know, I've had I've interviewed people who in, in the in the interim who uh you know maybe not the most gay friendly people but it's my job as a journalist to call things fairly and to you know to do my job right and not let that get in the way so no i haven't had if anything like i happen to notice that in the in the time since i came out professionally all of a sudden i'm on podcasts and radio shows and, and stuff like that more often so i think um you know something to just be said for being yourself yeah, no, I, you know, commend you for that. And I commend you again for, for a lot of the stuff you've written where you've just sort of opened up. And I think that, uh, you know, you have this platform. It's, it's good to put it out there sometimes because there might be other people that could be going through, uh, you know, things in their life. And, and it's good to sort of read that and have some clarity. So I, I give you a props for that, man. Um, and, uh, and, you know, obviously the, the big changes that happened recently at fighting uh, with Ariel Hawani leaving. I asked Chuck about this. I wanted to get your perspective on this. You know, was this sort of, I, I'm sure you knew ahead of time that he was leaving, but uh, Ariel leaving, I mean, uh, to go to ESPN, but just your reaction and how have things been, uh, you know, post Ariel? Things have been good. You know, uh, I wish Ariel all the best. Uh, Ariel has been great to me. Uh, he's made it clear that, uh, you know, Ariel wears his heart in his sleeve and it's obvious to him that it was, it was painful on some level to leave fighting because it was, uh, you know, such a big part of his life. But, and he's also made it clear that, Hey, ESPN was his kind of dream his entire life, you know? So, I mean, it's, look, there isn't, man, this is a small enough business. Like we all know each other, you know, like yeah. we, we know that, uh, we more or less get along and we know that, Hey, 10 years from now, you know, Ariel and I might be working together again sometime. Kevin Ioli and I might be working together again sometime. You and I might be working somewhere together. You know, that's just the way the business is. So there's no, oh, we're frozen. Can you hear me? I've got a uh, frozen screen. Can you hear me? Hello, hello. Yeah. To wrap things up here, let me just see here. Dave, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. A little hiccup. But, uh, but anyways. Yeah. I, I don't know where'd you lose me there. I, I didn't lose you at all. Uh, you, you I, I didn't so. hear my uh, 
did you hear my uh did you like did you, you, left, you left it up as uh the last thing i heard was that uh, we could potentially be working together in the future yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, i mean that's it and you know yeah. in MMA fighting i think we've just all you know ariel was a huge presence on the website um rightfully so for for everything that he accomplished but him leaving just you know you may have noticed given others uh, room to kind of step up a little bit. You've seen Sean and Mark do really great stuff with the, with the chat. And I think Luke putting his own spin on the MMA hour was, I mean, a Luke was the only person that could have like adequately filled that, uh, that spot. Exactly. Such yeah. a big spot. It big, big spot. It need another personality. And I also like the Luke is again, Ariel has his thing. That's great. But if, if Luke had just come on and done Ariel's format, it would have looked like a ripoff. So I'm, I, Luke putting his own spin on it, it's been great. And uh, I mean, in my case, I did. So a couple of weeks ago, I did a 3000 word feature on uh, Bruce Lee and MMA that I might not have had time to do before. And I've got a couple other projects in the pipeline. I, I, I enjoy doing like long form type writing. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's worked out is working, working working out well for Ariel. He's getting to do kind of like his dream and uh, it's working out for us and MMA fighting too. And uh, you know, if, if you are looking for some type of quote trashing Ariel, sorry, you're not getting it. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, for sure. No, absolutely. Um, looking back on your career, I mean, you've done so much and there's still so much I'm sure that you would like to do as well. Uh, what, what's one thing that stands out that you're, you're most proud of, whether it was at fighting or at Yahoo, is there one thing that really stands out to you? Man, uh, it's hard to narrow it down to one. I think just being able to like being able to say I was the first, you know, being able to say that I was the first one all the way back at Fox to be like, Hey guys, why is no one covering this? And then just the excitement of having that all kind of fall into place the way it is. And then going over to Yahoo and um, again, just being kind of the trailblazer and being the first to, uh, to, you know, give uh, MMA just kind of the full coverage it deserves on a major site. And then just kind of adapting from there and becoming, you know, seeing the way this is growing and what what uh, just everything evolves so spa- so fast in the coverage of this sport to just be a part of, uh, you know, I've heard MMA fighting compared to the Golden State Warriors. And maybe I'm the sixth man on the uh, Golden State Warriors team, but that's, uh, you know, NBA Sixth Man of the Year is a pretty, uh, pretty valuable award, too. So it, it's uh, fun to just be part of this ongoing, evolving thing. Any thoughts on doing uh, pro wrestling stuff at all? I know Mark has I been doing know. a little bit uh, with WrestleMania and stuff and, you know, kind of dabbling in there. Is there an interest there for you to do that? I, I've written a couple of wrestling pieces uh, over okay. the uh, year or so. I did – well, not for not for Fox, but I did um, – I went to – a year ago last May, I went to a show at Arena Mexico, which was – phenomenal it was like a once in a lifetime like if if you if you consider yourself a true wrestling fan you have to make a pilgrimage to arena mexico at one time and i wrote that for um for actually for dave Meltzer's website and a few months ago um for yahoo when uh new japan was in long beach i talked to kenny omega for about an hour and i did a feature for yahoo on uh the golden lovers and their match with the young bucks and that was i have had so much fun writing about it. so much fun. I've got one more. I'm going to a little sneak preview. I've got one more in the pipeline. Um, okay. um, pro wrestling gorilla. That's uh, going to run on Yahoo. I'm not going to say much more than that, but that, that'll be up in about a month or so. So yeah, I, um, you know, I don't know if I, I don't think I could do it full time because the WWE just bores me to tears. I know how <laughs> hipster that sounds, but I try to watch WWE and there it's still the same, like, 
you know it's every it's all written in like a in, in a writer's room somewhere and it just doesn't feel organic to me i, I can't so i don't think i could do it full time but like as kind of like an avocation i have as much fun writing about wrestling as anything i do before I, I let you, before i let you go here uh best advice you could give someone watching this who wants to do what you do you know be a writer do this full time what what's uh what advice would you give them it's the biggest cliche in the world, but just work hard, you know, just work, um, um, you know, just handle your business correctly. There's always like, it seems like once a year or so, maybe it doesn't happen as much as it used to, but like once a year or so, it always seemed like some idiot would bubble up on Twitter by making a, a, a scene of himself and be like, Oh, the MMA media is so corrupt. You guys are idiots. blah, 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 blah. And then a year later he'd be like, why is no one hiring me? And it's like, <laughs> don't be that guy. You know, like, yeah, don't yeah. be that. that. That's my how not to just it, as cliche as it is. Like, so all the like, all the first, like, I was like the first one in. Ariel was the first one to figure out that, hey, the video end is really lacking. I can do a better job. Luke, for all his success, people don't understand how hard that guy worked for so many years. He did a lot of back end stuff at SB Nation. He's been doing, he plugged away at radio for like a decade before he got his chance at uh, XM. Most of us weren't overnight successes, you know? Um, So just like, I'll just name drop a couple people here, like people who are, are coming up who have impressed me, like Anthony Walker over at Sherdog, like handles his business right, is respectful, is professional, uh, does the job correctly. Jose Young uh, over at Fansided works his ass off, you know, uh, showed up at showed up at the MMAJA meeting over the weekend, like shows that he's serious about uh, about what he's doing. Um, just if, if you instead of worrying about being like the next Ariel or next Luke, next Luke, like that's a great thing to aspire to. But pay attention to the guys who are like have just gotten their foot in, in the door and, and look at what they're doing. And as cliche as it is to say, like, work hard, just work hard. Like everyone in MMA fighting, like I, like last week I, I spent all Sunday just on the couch, like staring at my TV because I was like so wiped out, but it's a good, like wiped out, you know, like <laughs> an earned wipeout. Yeah. 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 No, that's that great. Be, yeah. As cliche as work hard sounds, just do it and don't don't get easily discouraged. If you're easily discouraged, like you're not going to make it in this business. Some great words there. And uh, Dave, it was so good getting to talk to you. I'm so glad we got to connect and uh, hear your story and everything like that. Uh, just uh, remind people uh, where they can get a hold of you on social media. And if you got anything coming up, by all means, uh, plug away, man. The floor is yours. Sure. Um, and my Twitter handle is Dave Doyle MMA, D-A-V-A-D-O-Y-L-E-M-M-A. I also have a professional Facebook page at Dave Doyle MMA. Um, I, the, the projects I'm kind of working on are still, I've got some kind of long-term stuff, but it's still kind of developmental. So, you know, just keep an eye peeled. Okay, that's good to hear. And uh, you guys can always follow me on Twitter at Lynch on Sports. A quick programming note for the show. We're going to be cutting back a little bit. I won't be doing the show every week anymore. Uh, Fightful is uh, pulling me in other directions. I'm going to be uh, appearing on the uh, Holy Smokes podcast, doing more fight breakdown stuff and things of that nature. So you can find me on there. But we will, this podcast isn't going away. It's just we're going to be cutting back a little bit. So I wanted to point that out. And uh, like I said, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Lynch on Sports. Got a bunch of interviews coming up this week, even though it's an off week with the UFC and Bellator. Going to be having lots of stuff coming up there. And I want to thank Dave again for joining us here on the show and thank you guys for watching and we'll see you next time